Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 809. What's this? March 14th, 2022. That's right. It was 73 degrees on this day in the year 2012. We got a really nice streak of uh, golf courses were open in 2012 by St. Patrick's Day. Wow. We had a really warm spring. It was 10 below in 1897. And I have a very, uh, I'm very apologetic uh, in my mayoral duties. I apologize. I failed to report the first ice out of the season. Was was March 11th, so uh, just this past Friday. Were there any inquiries? Uh, the, the ice went out on Minnetonka on March 11th, 1878. And now, from the mayor's office, that, uh, above the boathouse, on the east the shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. It excites me to be in the ice out season. It excites me to be able to check those records every day. And I can't to, say that I'm there with you, Brock. But to clarify, it's just two licks. You don't want emails from everybody no, letting you know. No, okay. no, we have two coming up this week. Two come, yeah. uh, two ice outs coming Send up this in, week. Folks. No, I don't want it. That's uh, <laughs> for those of you listening in Arizona or wherever. Uh, lake Minnetonka is a beautiful recreational lake that's on the western end of the metro area, and White Bear is a beautiful recreational lake that's on the eastern end of the metro area. Very nice. <clears throat> where I to begin? Know, I don't know where to I mean, begin. Where do you start? I don't know where to begin. High school hockey uh, playoff? Hell of a game. You and know what they did? They left it on the ice. They did. It was a great game. I just Can wish. I, uh, is, is, was it Annandale? Andover. Andover. It's a concept. Is there no, a town? It's a city. Is okay. there a town? Uh, can I stick around for the first few minutes of Monday Night Sports Talk? Sure. You I always say a, that every week, and then you don't. I have a beef with uh, some of these hockey fans. Okay. Hmm. All right. And none of the fans in attendance, by the way, the, the people that chime in on social media. I, I must begin with something that's entirely predictable uh, and entirely unfortunate. Uh, the Star Tribune reported today that the uh, leaders in the Somali community... Oh, hang on, yeah. hang on. It's almost as though they're offended that they're being investigated. That the FBI is investigating what are principally Somalis for the alleged food fraud, and uh, they believe that puts their community under siege. 
Hey, uh, pretty precious. Hey, 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 hey. A recent meeting at Minneapolis's Carmel Hall was urgent for the Somali American leaders who convened it. FBI agents had been peppering business owners and shoppers with questions surrounding fraud investigations involving government-funded child nutrition programs, and the leaders felt the whole community was once again under siege. So the FBI is peppering these people with questions. How dare they? Uh, They're peppering them with questions because they have questions? This was written by someone named Faiza Mahmoud. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mahmoud. Anxiety filled the meeting. Would the investigation of just a few people scare Somali-American parents from seeking food for their children? Well, if they if it does, their parents are uh, need to be talked to. Even if they desperately need it, would other support programs disappear? A casualty of mistrust? This is hitting the community hard, said Bashir Garad Daher, who later described the meeting. We need crystal clear answers from government. At some point, we will come out and demand it because we're concerned about the way the FBI is conducting its investigation. It is terrorizing the community. You don't They're get going to, outer. They're going full outer. Yeah, you don't get to tell them how to do it. They're going full outer. <clears throat> how dare you let a food fraud investigation demean this community, this upstanding group of citizens? We're not going to let meanwhile. you badmouth. <laughs> the FBI is investigating an alleged broad scheme to defraud the U.S. Department of Agriculture of tens of millions of dollars in child nutrition spending. Instead of feeding children, court documents allege an array of entities used the money to buy real estate, cars, and other luxury items. According to the uh, FBI documents unsealed so far, many of the subcontractors under investigation are from the Somali community. The FBI uh, has declined to comment. There's been no arrests or charges yet. Uh, This is a microcosm of what's happened to our society, that you... uh, uh, with the exception of us in this room, mm-hmm. you get to hide behind your political identity. Yes. You you use your political identity to excuse your behavior. I'm not suggesting that every Somali member in Minneapolis had anything to do with a food fraud. I'm saying you're cleverly playing the card you need to play because you don't like the fact that you're being asked questions. And right. the same exact thing happened whenever it was, a year ago or two years ago, with the child care right. fraud. Right. The same exact thing happened. Yeah, those people had that figured out right away. Yeah, And it was the same community that was involved. Boy, it doesn't take people long upon arriving in the U.S. to figure out how the game is played. Sure. Right. We're already casting blame on the alleged food fraud to the Minnesota Department of Education. It's their fault. Ah, they started the fraud. Somali-American leadership... I'm sorry, Somali-American leaders and activists have been scrambling to find answers. They are confused about how much an alleged massive fraud could happen under the watch of the Minnesota Department of Education, which is responsible for distributing federal funds to the program sponsor. Some are worried that In the good issue, faith, by the way. Yeah, some are worried that the issue will turn the community into a political punching bag in upcoming elections. Wow. People are scared, said Yusuf Haji, an activist and writer who ran for... Minneapolis City Council in November. People are looking for answers. And that, uh, that has created tension in the community. Uh, and then we go on to quote uh, a variety of people. Uh, well, the only people that need to be nervous are the guilty. And the, uh, the blanket indictment of the uh, 
entire Somali community has not happened. They're just asking questions. That's it not only has not happened, they're planting the seed of that happening. Right. And it's just not there. I mean, read the Sahan Journal. Uh, they're yeah. pretty clear on uh, the fact that just a, a few, a handful of people are being asked, and those are people involved in the program, uh, not the community and, or the people in general. See, I think this. I think the story is misleading to use loaded words like the FBI is peppering local businesses with questions. That creates an imagery oh, of, uh, yes. of hassling. Yes, them. yes. absolutely. Yeah. The headlines alone are horrible. I don't care that you are on edge. That's too bleeping bad if you're on edge. Yeah, crime well, was apparently committed. The only people that need to be on edge are the guilty. Uh, if the rest of the people are on edge, they shouldn't be. That used to be the way the society worked. But the people on edge, the guilty, <laughs> if in fact there's a food fraud, uh, essentially they're being excused by the community members. Mm-hmm. They're trying to cast blame on the Department of Education. Uh, let's see, did they did they find somebody that didn't? Fus Nur, a Columbia Heights mom of six school-age kids, said free meals were delivered to her home early in the pandemic, and sometimes she would go to Somali-owned restaurants to pick it up. She said she stopped taking it because her children prefer American food and did not eat it. Because I guess they were... Uh, Get ready with the foghorn again. I guess some mm-hmm. places were preparing culturally appropriate food. Ah. But we had the quote, was it last week, where there was a, a renter of someone nearby that said, I haven't seen one oh, kid in this building. Yeah. The place that was supposed to feed 28,000 kids a day was a two-room apartment. Right. Whatever. <laughs> I haven't seen one kid in this building. And, <laughs> and the lady you just uh, quoted, Foos, uh, yeah, Newer. she is a mother. Right. No reason for her to feel anything. Nothing at all. She did nothing wrong. Well, here's well. Let's continue with uh, Ms. Neuer. She said the final. F- she said the fraud allegations leveled against some members of the community make her sad because some people were doing good work and serving the community. It would have been better if the government had given us debit cards to purchase our own food. Jesus Christ! Are you praying? I'm praying very hard. At a Minneapolis apartment building that houses many Somali families, neighbors and friends Amal Yusuf and Sagal Abdiraham said unknown people and a female neighbor had been bringing free groceries from the halal stores as part of the meal program since summer 2020. But in February, uh, the free food stopped. They used to leave groceries in front of our apartment doors, regardless of whether we wanted it or not, said Yusuf, a mother of three. Uh, if it's not us, others will definitely miss getting the food. Uh, and then we go out to Bloomington and we find some some people at a Starbucks and we talk to them. They're worried that uh, that uh, that the community won't bounce back from the big scandal. The Somali community? I mean, mm-hmm. this is not a big scandal. Right, and right. The people that received food, obviously, well, going out on a limb, obviously received food from people who were doing what they were supposed to, right? Yeah. Hassan Muhammad, a second-year engineering student at the U of M, said he thinks it's not that easy, meaning bouncing back, noting the community will fall victim to discrimination. Oh, blow it out your sunshine door You're a second-year engineering student. You are living the... Uh, not only the American dream, the Somali dream. You came to this country and you're 
a student, and you're going to get a great job. The community's name has been damaged, Mohammed said. Somalis can say, let this be a learning lesson for us, but the state already has this in its record and will not trust the community again. True, Jama said. That's the sad part. Added Moomin, people need to know that corruption has no race, ethnicity, or religion. Then what the hell are you worried about? Right. Yeah. If this is the way it's going to get covered, this is just going to aid and abet the idea that this story will disappear. Correct. I want to talk really early about the Center of the American Experiment. Go right ahead. It's more important than ever to consult with them and read their work. They're going to stay on top of this. They've got a tutorial and a timeline, and I'm sure all these stories are being added to it because the Center for the American Experiment, a think tank that's been in our midst for 30 years, and we're grateful to have them. This is the kind of thing they look at. They're trying to create a better and more prosperous Minnesota, and uh, we can't get away with a better and more prosperous Minnesota. If we're going to allow fraud, however alleged, of this scale to escape consequences, we have no hope. None. And this is why uh, people like the people at the center of the American experiment. They write their papers and do their reports and do their research and do their white papers. They get out there and try to make us understand or help us understand what is taking place. Uh, great website, AmericanExperiment.org. They're needed now more than ever, and we're grateful to have them. AmericanExperiment.org. You can go there and find a petition, too, uh, if you uh, are somewhat interested in the $9 billion surplus that Minnesota currently enjoys. Uh, they're wishing that we would put that money back into the economy. You can go to AmericanExperiment.org and click on the Take Action to Sign, and you'll find that, among other things. Great reading, great magazine, great website. Now back to the uh, Somalis. <clears throat> because of the heightened scrutiny of the meal program, some Somali-owned businesses might be afraid to seek funding to help needy families, said Mohamed Mouman a Bloomington resident who works in the healthcare industry. The community is going to pay a heavy price, he said. Even now, the people who really need these free meals are not getting it. Uh, Sadia Mohammed, who works at two Minneapolis-based daycare centers, said low-income Somali families rely on free meals. Since the program stopped, Hennepin County has been trying to get a count of how many families were recipients of the meals. But many are too afraid to come forward. Mohammed said, though they did nothing wrong by getting free meals, they now fear losing their supplemental <laughs> nutrition assistance, program benefits, or going to jail yeah. just by being associated yeah, no, with it. No, no, no. Rest easy. You people, uh, you people, which is a clumsy phrase on my part, you uh, fellow citizens, you only have one group of people to be angry with. Your fellow community members, if in fact they're guilty. Yeah, and this isn't old school Somalia. You're just playing a bunch of BS games here trying to tell us that this is the fault of someone else. No, it's the fault of members of your community if this is proven to be true. Right. Why don't you be mad at them? Especially if you right. think your kid's hungry because of this alleged fraud. They were getting money and not delivering the free food that you need so much. No, they went out. Your brothers and sisters, your neighbors, if they're if they're involved and they were guilty, they went out and bought houses mansions. and, and yes. mansions and boats and cars. They bought land overseas, tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars. And you you people that the reporter found have the nerve to try and blame someone else and tell me how nervous you are. Boo! Well, I wish I I wish I could engage in profanity. <laughs> it does. Uh... It helps sometimes. But in, I know you've brought this up previously, Joe. Oh, God. Think of how many other fraud cases have gone unnoticed. 
with well, as I much money as we're handing out left and right. But you could take any political identified class. Let's say the LBGTQ community was alleged to be involved in a food fraud scheme. Okay. okay. Right. You'd get the same kind of talk. Well, we're you're only going after us. You're because... only going after us because we're a marginalized community who aren't enjoying the full rights and benefits of American mm-hmm. citizenry. We're persecuted, and, and now look at you're coming after us. Then give me another political uh, protected group. Um, the the uh, Mongs. Mong party. Uh, although Mongs uh, haven't been involved in anything nefarious that I'm aware of, but my point is that the the common bond that we all had was truth. Let's hearken back to Ken Martin's letter from Friday. We we are attacking the fundamental truths that united this country, transportation, employment, education, justice system, truth, and and we're turning it into whatever the group happens to want it to be. Mm-hmm. And in this case, it sounds like the group is shaping up to want there to be no accusations of fraud because that taints me. No, I've never felt tainted when uh, Petters got prosecuted. No, not at all. Not for, How know, about no. uh, Glitterati? Denny. Denny Denny, I never felt tainted because Denny Hecker was running a crooked Front show. Page. Yep. I thought of one other party. Hmm. Mr. McMillan, would you like 30 seconds more? Allow me to introduce myself. I represent the rent is too damn high party. <laughs> would they be marginalized? Hell so, yes. Okay. Sahan Sahan have Journal. rent control. That's true. Uh, Sahan Journal, March 11th. When is that? Friday. Uh, Friday. Uh, released a really good piece. Uh, the, the title is long. As the Feeding Our Future investigation expands, readers asked us why the government allowed people to allegedly steal tens of millions of dollars in food aid. Here's what we found. And they really break it down. And they expa- uh, they really explain who gets the money how the food is distributed, and who the guilty people may be. And they do a really good job. It's a fascinating piece. And this is what these people that are nervous, that have the anxiety, this is what this is where they should be turning to mm-hmm. because this is a really nice, really easy-to-read breakdown. And that's S-A-H-A-N Journal. It's online newspaper. Yep, yep. And, and we need them. To, to stay with this. We need the center of the American experiment to stay with this. We need the Star Tribune, which is going to find... I told you from day one, the Star Tribune is going to end up finding this a terribly difficult story to yes. cover. Yeah. And you're seeing glimpses of it today. You know who's involved here, Such? The mm-hmm. Minnesota Department of Education. Mm-hmm. Uh, and here's a question. Doesn't the Minnesota Department of Education physically observe whether these meals are being served? The answer, some of the meals... Once in a while. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then a next question after that. That doesn't sound like a lot of oversight. The scrutiny became even less strenuous in 20 and 21 when the state education department successfully sought a federal waiver from doing physical observations of sponsors. Ah, now Uh the spotlight's turning a little bit here, isn't it? MDE said in a statement in January that the agency has limited investigative and enforcement authority over the federal programs, but was working to help organizations affected by the stop pay order regarding feeding our future to ensure that impacted children and families still have access to the food support they need. I'm finding that disingenuous on the part of the Minnesota Department of Education. Uh, you mean to tell me you couldn't find 10 people to drive around and make sure people were getting fed? 
Well, they applied for waivers so they wouldn't have to pay close yeah. attention, as did, I guess, a lot of other people um, across the country. Somebody allegedly really scammed the American taxpayer. Somebody figured oh, it yeah. out early. Allegedly scammed the American taxpayer. Mm-hmm. And But because it falls under the rubric now of political identity and political... Uh, just political identity, it's going to be a, a struggle to get to the bottom of this. And this It is wouldn't the, be a struggle yeah. if Matt Mikulski uh, and his subcontractors took uh, 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 $400 million of federal money uh, to run a scam food feeding program. You'd already be arrested and we'd, in jail. We'd be talking to the feds, yep. Yeah. And they might be peppering me, huh? Yeah. They could be peppery. But you can only, when, it, when there is fraud and a crime against the American government, you are going to end up having to pay. You can't hide behind, we didn't know, or you we were bet? offended. That's what you're seeing happening. Oh, you know the Minnesota Department back. of Education is going to do everything to uh, hide and deny mm-hmm. and not accept responsibility. Ugh. Um, it's just an amazing story, and it's going to be very difficult to bring the truth out. Uh, the The principal advocacy for the truth should be the Star Tribune, but they're gonna, I told you from day one, yes, they're going to really have a problem. Yes, you did. Because pretty soon we're just flat. We're going to be flat out uh, quoting Somali citizens of accusing the FBI of racism. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't be investigating us. If we were white. This Amy Bach has already tried to get away with that. She was supposedly, what, the head of the, uh, she was feeding our future's founder and executive director, Amy Bach, denied any wrongdoing. Yep. Yep. She said she was being targeted for suing the state and working with mostly minority businesses. In other words, I'm a, I'm your savior. I'm a, I'm mm-hmm. rode in on the white Just horse, listen to me. and I'm white, and I'm working with you marginalized black people, and look what's happening to you. B.S. Bach. What a bunch of B.S. Is there a war going on in the meantime? I think so. <laughs> I don't know what more to say about this except stay with it, people. Stay with it. Is it being covered uh, by news outlets? I think the New York Times came to town because they deigned... Uh... I meant locally. Because I will admit, I, I usually don't watch the evening news. I watch the morning news. And I've, seen... I've never seen it covered locally in the uh, morning. Uh, I'm sure it has, but it's not it's not it's not a daily presence in the news. Okay. It's not a daily presence in the newspaper. Uh it 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 probably is when they feel that they have something new to report. Got it. But this seems wholly manufactured, this report. This What do you mean? Well, well, it, it would be my guess that Reza Ma'amud, the reporter, might, I don't know if that's male or female, uh, he or she might have friends in the Somali community and uh, ask them what they feel about this. Who should I talk to? Because I I find it hard to believe that a member of the Somali community called the city desk at the Star Tribune and said, we need a reporter down here right away because we're feeling oppressed by this. I don't think that happened. I think what you had here was a reporter who went out and manufactured something that's bordering on extremely sympathetic. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and extremely sympathetic is what what the guilty people are going to be able to take benefit take advantage of. Mm-hmm. But just well, we can't uh, how foolish we look. We can't be played like that. Well, well, I agree. In the real world, we—I mean, the buck stops somewhere. But again, Rook, I, I keep bringing this up, but go back to the daycare fraud. Not, Joe, Joe's prediction on this story is exactly what happened with that one. Nobody went to jail. Right. Went away. It went away. Has Ilhan Omar said a peep about this? Well, you're making the mistake that she'd be paying attention to anything that was happening in Minneapolis. This is her district. These are the people who presumably voted for her. That and white woke people. Uh, has she said one peep yet? I can't even imagine what she would say. Well, I can guess, but... Well, she'd go after the FBI for... She voted, by the way, to... to she voted to continue the U.S. buying oil from Russia. And her excuse was she feared that if we didn't, we'd drill for oil in this country. To make it more affordable so it's not $7 a gallon. We're being held hostage by these people. By these people, I mean the progressive woke left. They're killing this country. They're killing it. At least we only have two more years of it. And remember, we aren't going to play the gas station game every day, although we all could. We'll do it once today. I paid 50 bucks to fill up half the tank of the CP's 84 bucks this morning I filled okay. up. Yeah. Thursday, in my hometown, gas went from two ninety nine a gallon to... Two seventy nine really? a gallon. I'm gonna have to drive all the way up there to fill up. Well, yeah, it was it all up getting bad, right? <laughs> we know the price is based on futures, and if you remember last week, oil came were, down in price. Over. Yeah, there yeah. was a tiny little story. Yeah. Dow goes up. Yep, a barrel of oil goes down. Right now, the where day. are we with the Dow? I'd like to get some numbers. Can you uh, yeah. crunch some numbers there, Such? Uh, the oh, Dow is up more than three hundred points this morning. I think it's now up only fifty five points. Fifty five. What are we at? Thirty-four thousand. Thirty-two nine nine nine. Whoops! I must have missed a day. I think you missed a couple days. Yeah, missed a couple days. Did you? Uh, did you bookmark Fiat on that thing or no? <laughs> fiat stock. I do have. A, okay. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Why don't we take a short time out? Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Souchere. I put one sled to bed and changed the oil on two pickup trucks over the weekend. The pickups each got their own bottle of high-mileage seafoam. The sled got a gulp or two before I siphoned off the remaining five gallons and then fired her up, ran the tank dry. That means when I wake her up next winter, uh, I fill the tank, squirt a little fresh in the carb. She fires up, runs happy all winter because those jets in the float bowl remain clean over the summer. It's the magic of seafoam. As for the trucks, the uh, seafoam works its magic on the daily driver. It keeps the injectors clean, resulting in uh, better mileage. The other truck, you got a can, but that thing doesn't get a lot of mileage on it. So we rely on the seafoam to keep the gas in the tank fresh and viable. And with gas prices where they are right now, it behooves all of us to keep them running as good as possible. Seafoam, the answer, a true Lent miracle. Uh, and it's available everywhere, the world over. A wonderful product in the world of bad gas. I fired up one of the interesting cars yesterday that hadn't been started since November 20, which I know because I had a Post-it note on the windshield. 
How'd it go? And uh, I had seafoam in it over the winter, yeah. just sitting there. And I I pressed the button, and it instantly stirred. Nice. Instantly. Did you take her out feeling. and stretch the cables I a did. I took her out and cool. got her warmed up and the whole deal. Fun. So, yep. Help me understand this story, everybody. This is from Saturday's Star Tribune. We're back to talking about gasoline now. Okay. Okay. What'd you pay? Oh, let's not go there. This is uh, the headline. This is on the inside page in the A section of Saturday Star Tribune. U.S. Maduro talks mark stunning shift. Putin ally in Venezuela could be new source of oil. It's a Washington Post piece. Dateline Caracas. As Biden administration officials met with Venezuelan President Nicolas Maduro in his palace over the weekend... Keep in mind, he's living in a palace. The rest of his country is starving. Living in squalor. Uh, There is an an elite neighborhood, but there is an elite group of oligarchs in Russia, too. Mm. The highest level U.S. contact with the socialist state in years, they left one notable leader out of the plans. Juan Guaido, the opposition leader whom the United States recognizes as this South American nation's rightful president wasn't informed of the Americans' visit until after they had met with Maduro, according to four people familiar with the events. And while U.S. officials were in touch with Guaido Guaido, during their trip, they didn't meet face-to-face with the opposition leader, according to the four who spoke on conditions of anonymity to discuss the sensitive matter. Wow. The rare U.S. visit last Saturday with Maduro, the authoritarian leader who has been indicted by U.S. prosecutors on narco-terrorism charges, was a stunning shift in policy toward Venezuela, underscoring the global shakeup prompted by the Russian invasion of Ukraine. The outreach comes as the United States tries to isolate Russian President Vladimir Putin, a key Maduro ally, and secure alternatives to Russian oil. How do they miss this? Not, it it right. appears to deliver quick results for the United States when Maduro released two Americans who had been detained by the government. It also helped strengthen Maduro at a time when Guaidos and his allies, still recognized by the U.S. as Venezuela's interim government, struggled to remain relevant at home and abroad. The trip signals the U.S. administration's willingness to deal directly with Maduro giving him legitimacy and prestige that the president and his allies are already touting is a victory. Wow. <laughs> this is so amazing. The loser in all of these actions for the uh, by the United States is the oppressor is the opposition, but especially the interim government said an opposition figure who spoke on the condition of anonymity. The status quo is no longer an important player on the Venezuelan board or on the international board. The State Department has said it will continue to support Guaido as interim president. It has repeatedly called on Maduro to return to negotiations with the opposition talks uh, that have been frozen for five months but could be revived in the new U.S. In the new U.S. outreach, a senior Biden administration official said the delegation informed the Unity Platform an alliance of Venezuelan opposition leaders involved in negotiations with the Maduro government of its visit, but kept the details very restricted, given the sensitivity of the effort to secure the release of several detained Americans. The official said their trip was in the works for months, but the Russian invasion Uh, of Ukraine changed the international environment significantly, and we just saw a window Uh, to travel. 
can I change uh, uh, one of these paragraphs that starts out the loser in all these actions? Right. But I'd like to change that and fix it for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should read, the loser in all of these actions by the United States is the people of the United States and mm-hmm. the people of Venezuela. There, I fixed it yeah, for you. You did. You are correct. And that this combined with what you just said about Omar saying we should stay in bed with the Soviets. Because she fears we'd produce more oil. This is what's wrong with this country. Well, that's a major faux pas. Snubbing the guy that's oh. supposed to be the guy and meeting with the dum dum. Thank you. That's going to be using this on all of his. Thank you. Reelect me or whatever he, he, he is. You just brought up something, Matthew, that I was thinking during the entire reading of that piece. What were the exact words that were exchanged in this meeting? Uh, and I can imagine the U.S. officials saying, uh, "Don't worry about him. He's just a puppet. He's a nobody. He'll do whatever we tell him to do. So uh, just disregard. I actually uh, disregard everything we say publicly about him. Okay. I, I have a few of those words, Kenny. So Ukraine is a country in Europe. It exists next to another country called Russia. Yeah. Russia is a bigger country. Mm-hmm. Russia is a powerful country. Powerful. Russia decided to invade you a phony. smaller country called Ukraine. Right. So. Basically, that's wrong. That's wrong. What and kindergarten group goes against everything that we stand for? What and kindergarten then, group was she talking to? <laughs> and then, Such, the lie at the end of the piece, mm-hmm. just the bald-faced lie. The official said the trip was in the works for months. B as in B, you know what? You know, if they're going to hide, that. if the U.S. is and apparently it is, it's hiding behind its victory and getting two prisoners released. Uh, who are they? Why were they being held? Uh, tell me more about that. If you want me to believe that all of this was done in an effort to get two Americans released, who were they and why were they in prison and what did they do? No, this apparently was, uh, you know what, I can imagine him saying, look, we'll be glad to buy some oil from you, but release those two people. Right. Use it. Uh, The two people in my mind are just a sidebar, nothing issue. I mean, we need them back, well, and this was I, I just an opportunity. Right. It's not It's a not, not a nothing. Let me, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't have said that. Not a nothing issue, issue to, at all, mm-hmm. but it, just a definitely a sidebar. I'm going to send you guys all this thread that was sent to me. I forget which emailer sent it. I think it might have been Kelsey. Um, it was either Kelsey or Jordy. But it's from a gentleman by the name of Drew Holden. I'm unfamiliar with him, but recognize his name. I think he's done various things for uh, Fox News, The Washington Post, et cetera. But it's a thread about why we're in this energy mess right now, basically since day one of the Biden administration, and it's fascinating. But right now, are you proud of of, of this kind of behavior? Am I? Are, no, are, are this Americans is shameful. Proud of this? this is shameful. We're, we're doing business with criminals. Well, a narco-terrorist. Yeah. Who has destroyed his country. It's as if uh, the parents are away for the weekend or the summer— and this administration is just full paw after full paw. What was March 8th? Was that last Wednesday? Eight. It was Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes. So President Biden said, quote, it's simply not true that my administration policies are holding back domestic energy production. Hold on. Uh, we don't know that. And it's that's what started this thread. I'll send it to you guys because it's, it's just lie. it's mind blowing. Well, We've got two solutions here, Such. Number one, we drill more at home. We use more of our own oil. Number uh, number two, Saudi Arabia, they've got to increase production, and the UAE and OPEC needs to in- increase production. Right there. There, I just solved it for you. 
Let's get that done. Let's stop, stop dealing with criminals. Well, you're going to deal with Iran. Not, not willingly. No, no. We have the oil. We don't need to be in this situation. We do not need to be in this situation. Trump was the only one with balls when it came to Iran. But we need a political spine to stand up and defend the continuing exploration and refinement of oil. We need to keep after it. Just after buy an electric car. <laughs> oh, that's a, yeah, oh. that's the, uh, the the solution to it all. Who's the Tesla guy? Um, Elon, Musk. Elon Musk. Oh God, it's just so fun reading his stuff. He is so angry at this administration. Well, right plus now. he just challenged Putin to a fight. <laughs> hey, Mr. Judo King, I'll fight you. I, this Musk guy is a character. Isn't yeah, he? He, is. he really is, and all, all all his comments do they just serve to make him less money. Uh, but he's the only one telling the truth out there. Look, mm-hmm. we're not ready. The country isn't ready. We're not the ready. manufacturers aren't ready. We're not ready. We have oil. We need to <laughs> develop our sources. Well, it's not ah. entirely a new thought to suggest that uh, before you have a new energy system in place, don't abandon the old one. Yep. Maybe, maybe my youngest grandchild will come out of the house in 40 years. And and there'll be a flower on her steering wheel, and she can sniff the flower, and then maybe her car will start. <laughs> but it's more likely that in 40 years she will not know what a car is. It We've been talking about it. It cannot be emphasized enough how important fuel is to our national security. It can't be stressed enough how important fuel is to our American way of life. But how is it that so many... <clears throat> People, misguided, of course, don't see that. Well, I wrote about it Sunday, essentially wrote about what we've been talking about. And the last time I looked, there was 196 comments. All positive? Pro no, Joe? No, there were it, very many of them were. Okay. Very many. But there, were, were, there was that strain of thought among people who say, well, you're just an old man yelling at people to get off your lawn. Why don't you enjoy the new way of looking at how we should be living and no, no. and and." That ain't going to get you to work. Right. That's not not going to get you to work. That's not old fashioned. More importantly, they're not going to get your goods to your table. Mm -hmm. The people suffering the most right now are the people that move the goods. The diesel right now is outrageous and it's still going up. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you a question. What compelled you to read the comments on your own column? Yeah, I often don't. I was going to say you rarely do. uh, By the way, on that uh, Somali story in today's... Star don't, Tribune? don't tell me. What am I going to say? You're going to talk about all the comments that were in support of of the community. Au contraire. Oh, really? They didn't allow any comments. Oh, for that reason. Because you you know that there's going to be some idiots on there people, that are... We're not alone in our thinking. People have awakened to these scams. They've yes. awakened to political protection by class. But I'll actually defend the Star Tribune for shutting off the comments to that because you know it's going to be... Right. People from wherever going after them just because they're Somalian. So I understand why the Star Tribune would have done that. Because people are idiots. If I had a chance to meet Biden, I'd say, Venezuela? <laughs> what were you thinking? Joe? Venezuela? Joe, what are you thinking? No, you'd say that to me. He said, No, I'm in <laughs> Minnesota. <laughs> Venezuela, Joe? What the hell? No, we're in twin, the Twin Cities, I thought. Uh, the, mayor needs, Where am I? the mayor needs water.
Hey, Geolers, it's Reavers here once again for my friends at Hofferman Water. They are an independent water treatment dealer. They offer sales, service, and rental for Connecticut water treatment systems, including water softeners, iron rust and odor filtration systems, and, of course, drinking water systems. A new system from Connecticut can do so many things that other water softeners simply cannot. They will cut down on salt usage and protect all of your appliances. Trust me when I say bad water affects nearly every single aspect of your home. Your showers are better, your laundry is better, not to mention your drinking water. And another underrated aspect of this, a brand new state-of-the-art Connecticut water treatment system helps the resale value of your home. Please get in touch with my friends at Hoffman Water today. I had my Connecticut system installed years ago and it has made an amazing difference in the quality of my water. Call them today for that free water analysis. 952-894-4040 or you can just visit them online today at HoffermanWater.com. Hofferman Water, proudly serving the state of Minnesota for over 50 years. Like. You're not like that? No. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Souchere. Commercial, residential, and automotive. If it locks, Maple Grove Lock and Safe, uh, they're our guy. We've got a guy. He's rich. He's the owner of Maple Grove Lock and Safe. Uh, He sells a bunch of brands of safes, but the specialty up there in Maple Grove is Liberty Safe made right here in these United States of America by Americans using American materials. you got to hop on the website and see what I'm talking about, maplegrovelockandsafe.com. It's a long address, but it'll get you there. Take a look at the Liberty Safe showroom. There you're going to find safes of all kinds, types, and sizes. Um, And it doesn't matter what you need to lock up and store and keep safe from prying eyes or fire or burglars or anything else. Rich and Maple Grove Lock and Safe can help you out. Invest in security. He's our trusted expert, 30 years in the biz, doing residential and commercial security services in Maple Grove, 6901 East Fish Lake Road. And do you remember the address? I just gave it to you. No, it's too long. Maple Grove. Maple Grove Lock and Safe oh. dot com. I know that address. Yep. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Another it's one of my favorite liners that you have. There was another story over the weekend that broke my heart. Uh-oh. Regarding hats. Uh-oh. For the rest of the school year, secondary students in the St. Cloud School District will be able to wear headwear in school. Whoa. A decision seen as a win for beleaguered staff and students struggling amid the pandemic. Why would wearing a hat make you struggle during the COVID pandemic? The school board said last week, the school board last week unanimously approved allowing students in grades 6 through 12 to wear hats, including do-rags, hoods, and baseball hats, through the end of the trimester as a trial run on the proposed new policy. Some believe the old policy was discriminatory. Yep, I was just going to say that. I bet that that was their main reason. Because it bans all headwear except for students undergoing chemotherapy, God bless them, or with other medical conditions, or for students practicing a religious belief such as wearing a hijab. The purpose of the policy, it states, is to, listen to this salad, to enhance the education of students by establishing expectations of dress and grooming related to educational goals and community standards. That makes no sense. I would walk into that school with the tallest Abe Lincoln hat you've ever seen in your life. (laughs) (laughs) Or the Dr. Seuss hat. (laughs) Kids will do that now. Of course they will. They're kids. Many districts allow hats. I did not know that. I had no idea. 
I know that in some cases they have hat day, you know, where my kids go to school. Like, hey, where are your well, favorite that's, teams that's hat? One, that's what about, different. What about the Don Vogel hat, Such? <gasps> the Cubs hat, the Joe Pat bought it. Big boobs. <laughs> had two breasts on the visor. Love that. That when he walked, they kind of jiggled around and we <laughs> put it on him as Don was going off to the his cab was there to take him to the bank. He said, hey, Don, we got you this Cubs hat. <laughs> Thanks, guys. <laughs> The goal, according to Anoka Hennepin School District spokesman Jim Skelly, is to focus on positive behavior rather than confronting students over relatively minor issues that can escalate and lead to negative situations. Teachers in St. Cloud schools reported similar concerns since returning to in-person classes this year, telling leadership they are spending an exhausting amount of time arguing with students about hats, which is taking away from learning. So the old policy was to take your hat off, kid. Which would be the policy oh, of my school. Right. They gave in like you gave in to me. Mm-hmm. You didn't notice earlier in the broadcast, I started the day wearing a hat. I did notice. And I didn't say anything. And we got a few minutes in and I took it off yeah. out of respect for the uh, my elders. I, I noticed, and <laughs> in, it's interesting because I don't allow the staff to wear hats indoors. Correct. But then I thought, well, Kenny's, you know, 200 miles from here. Yeah. He isn't under my roof. That, that That's not... He's still on the show. That's a lame excuse, Joe. I, I feel like say, he's in the room with us. That's, that's lame. I feel like he's in the room. You gave up. You gave in. Lori Putnam, assistant super of secondary education and incoming super, brought the issue to the school board in December. And again in January, board member Les Green said he thought the community standard still implies people remove their hats indoors to be respectful. Well, of course it does. Green, who is black, also said he feared allowing students to wear hoods and do-rags would give credence to black Students bullying other black students for acting white if they chose not to wear headwear associated with black culture. Wow. Man, are we fixing something that isn't broken. Green said he worried some students would conform to acting black, which he described as wearing hats, hoodies, and do-rags, using speech patterns that feign ignorance, and using exaggerated walking styles. Wow. These characteristics, Green said, will result in poor job interviews and being racially profiled in stores, which could cripple them for life, he said. Well, everything he said is correct, and he gets to say it because he's a black guy. Mm-hmm. Basically, he sounds like a black guy who's saying, pull your pants up and take your hat off indoors. Love that. Get your act together. Right. Be respectful. That's There's respect. That's the real definition of respect. It's not like he disrespect me. I know a lot of people weren't happy with what Dr. Green said. Apollo High Jr. said Apollo High Jr. Brent Olson. He said that after the January meeting, Apollo students walked out of class to sign a petition about the dress code policy. I'm so sick of high school kids walking out of class for whatever reason. You guys sound old. Get out of my lawn. Get no, out of my lawn, Kenny. No, I'm just thinking you're walking out of class because of a hat. And yeah. your peers in other countries are dodging missiles. Yeah, yeah well, there's a good point. Perspective. Wow. Perspective. That's, yeah, thank you. A few hundred students and community members also signed an online petition saying the policy itself is discriminatory because it bans do-rags and bonnets. Bonnets. Often worn by people of color to protect or style their hair, but allows bobby pins and headbands. You know, can I solve it for you, St. Cloud? This ain't complicated. You didn't go need to get a doctorate in education, which qualifies you to sell tires. You uh, you just have a policy that says no hats except for the kids who need it for a medical reason, and I guess you got to cut the hijab wear some slack. That's it. Okay. Uh, That's it. 
Sidebar. Mm-hmm. Bonnet in the carriage. In the I carriage. Know, that's, that's what? Exactly. What are who? Who have? Tell me who has the bonnet on? What do you see when you go up to approach the carriage? Little House on the Prairie. It's it's my English. No, I think I got. I think who has the who has the bonnet on? It's a girl. Okay. With that gingham uh, dress, kind of a checkered dress, and goes, she goes from her chest down to her, her chin down to her toe. Right, and and she has on uh, lace up dark black uh, boots, yep, but yep. not fashionable at all. I can, see it. I can right. see it in yeah. my mind's eye. And, and the gingham dress has suspenders, you know, that hold hold Come, the hold, the, hold yeah. the outfit up, and her bonnet has that has kind of a brim. But then has the fluffy top yeah, it has to the it. Top that goes way yeah, up yeah, like that. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Okay. I had a 50-50 shot. It was either that, or it was the guy with the mustache and the uh, like cigar. <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured you'd go either two ways on that well, one. Well, do you see the girl in the gingham? Oh yeah, yes, oh, completely, yeah. completely. So yeah. I had to Google. And it's tied under her chin. Yeah, yeah. tied right in the nice right, big right fluffy there, the bowl. Big bowl. I had to Google what a bonnet is, and, and I got two images. One was, you know, the little house in the prairie bonnet. Yeah. And the other one looks like a bag on your head. It's a, yeah. an elastic thing that, like, uh, your mom or wife would wear after she leaves the beauty parlor. And, GLers, please know that this is how strict the mayor's rule is with the hat. Remember, this was five years ago. We were doing a garage door opener at the Town Hall Tap yeah. in South Minneapolis. Yep. We were outside. Here. And because there was, yeah. we were still in. You were over like a, a little. There was roof. an overhang. There's an overhang. Was I had to, the indoor. Building. I had to take my ball, my baseball That's cap right. off. That's Even right. Even though we were outside. <laughs> Love that. Love that. <laughs> well, the problem with you, Reavers, is you wear it backwards. No, Ooh. I do not. Yeah, you're one. Did of you know this? That do rags and bonnets have always been part of black culture, but not always worn as much in public. Now cultural norms have evolved," said Atanesh. Bonito, a sophomore at St. Cloud Tech, Green said he disagrees that the community that the community standard regarding hats indoors has changed, but said he was willing to vote to allow the temporary lift on the hat ban if it reduces power struggles between teachers and students. They're fighting over hats. Well, the, the do rag has changed too. To me, that used to be a, one of those like red or blue handkerchief things, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And you just tie it over the, over it. But now the do rags. They look like something uh, Randy Macho Man Savage would wear. Yes. They have they have long tails. Yes, and, and, and uh, I gotta say, I think they're pretty cool. But I, I'm pretty sure it would look extremely ridiculous on my pumpkin head. I think I okay, would. I'm going to read you the final you. paragraph, and I have an assignment <laughs> for you. Oh, I'm going to read the final paragraph, and then I want you to tell me what's missing. What what we're learning there? Oh, okay. It applies to much of what we've discussed the past two weeks on terms of truths in society. All right. Putnam, she's the super, said she hopes the board continues the conversation, noting it's difficult to define community standard in a diverse and multi-generational community. I do believe that dress codes need to be really thoughtful about the implications they have for any specific community, whether it's gender, race, religious, or cultural. Would somebody please interpret that from the University of Garage Logic? I think I know where you're going. You're saying, why do we need other people to give me a reason why I should be offended about something? No. What oh. she's saying is, uh, it's unfair because I'm so enlightened 
it's unfair to expect anyone to adhere to a standard. standard. And the standard has always been no hats indoors. But we are now going to accept a much lesser version of that. All, all not wearing a hat indoors meant was respect. That's all it meant. That's why yes. men take their hats off in church. That's why, in theory, not everybody does. You should take your hat off in a restaurant. Yeah. It suggests you're engaged with the other people there to remove your hat. What she's saying is we, uh, we no longer find that uh, inclusive enough for the, uh, the variety of uh, ethnicities and, and uh, community standards we're facing, and therefore— uh, we're, we're no longer going to expect this tried and true American standard That's, of no hats. And what you That's, open up is a can of worms as far as who's wearing what. Uh, so I wear the uh, do-rag of the, uh, uh, the, the Confederate flag. Oh, I'm offended by that. What I like to open up is a can of Mountain Dew See? when I'm wearing my hat indoors. Such, uh, such, that last paragraph you read and tested us on, that was... 100% BS because she accidentally or whoever accidentally answered the question midway through the story. You read it. Mm -hmm. Sick of dealing with this. They spend too much time dealing with this on, on a daily basis. They gave in. They're sick of dealing with this every day. They threw up their hands and said, I give up. They, they allowed the inmates to run the asylum. Right. Uh, right. When, in fact, we all know two people get a break, religious and sick. Uh, can cancer or whatever it is that, that you know you're sick. And that's it in my that's school. It. That's it. That's it. That's, that's it. enough. That's enough. That's it. No hats. No nothing. Uh, Dennis Prager, who I admire greatly, uh, he had a uh, he has this online university. Prager U. Prager U. Prager U. Too. Occasionally uh, gives speeches. And uh, Sanibel Jim linked me to one late last week, where Prager said, "Here, if I ran a school." Here are six things that are going to happen. Okay. Uh, he didn't have hats specifically, but he would have said no hats. Yes. And uh, that was a wonderful. I, I urge people to go find it. Uh, the American tradition of anything is is being shattered. It's evaporating. Yeah. yeah. Yep. <clears throat> I mean, this is very small. It's not as small as you think, though. It's another... Uh, it's another acquiescing to uh, a, a standard that helped enforce a common civil decency. Right? I, have a pr I have a prediction on what your column is going to be this no, week. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm not feeling it. No. Uh, anyway, it's only Monday. That's true. So by the time I write, something else will happen. <laughs> you write about things. the Krabby Coffee Shop again is what yeah. you should do. <laughs> so it breaks my heart, but what am I going to do? Uh Everything is up for grabs, it seems. Everything, including going to a narco-terrorist to get oil. Did you guys all have a teacher that, that had... Mine was uh, mine was our shop teacher. What about him? That said, Reavers, take your dang hat off well, every even, time you walked into school. It wasn't even oh. a thought when yeah, I was... Yeah, no, it, it wasn't even considered. Really? I was, no, God, no. I was educated Jesus. by... Christian Careful. brothers who might have knocked you up against a locker if you had the... Temerity to wear a hat. Okay. No, they yeah, wouldn't. No, They're good people. Nobody wore hats. Yeah, that was un that was not even a Did they have hats back then? <laughs> yes, they were straw. They were straw. Yeah, they straw had those, hats. Uh, <laughs> those Abe Lincoln beaver hats. Yeah. They were about yeah. two feet tall. Now now here's an easy prediction to make for the kids in St. Cloud. Can you imagine the fun they're gonna have outdoing each other? Oh right. They're oh, gonna yeah. show up in chef's hats and Dr. Seuss hats mm -hmm. and Abe Lincoln hats and 
uh, coonskin caps. Can you still say that? I hope you know what I mean. Yeah, a raccoon, a, a yeah. raccoon skin cap, and they're going to have baseball hats, and they're going to have uh, uh, the Sherlock Holmes <laughs> double hat. bill, yeah. Yeah. derby hats, yeah. Uh, yeah. Laurel and Hardy, Kentucky hats. Derby hats. Fedoras, yes. bowlers, bowlers. I can name every hat. Dunce caps. You got the bowler. You got a fedora. Dunce cap. I can name every kind of nut there was. <laughs> the great one. I said pine nut. Yeah. You got a pine nut, nut candle uh, you Peanut. can sell me? Peanut. Wow. <laughs> How is it your nonverbal skills have deroded since we became a podcast? There's no such word as deroded. Deroded. Eroded. Sorry, that's what I meant to say. If you name one more nut. (laughs) Cashew nut. Cashew nut. Of course it. Pistachio. And of course that was named as a town. Did I just invent a word? Yes. Deroded. But it will not be accepted in Mexico. I got it. No. Rook. It's all good. Um, When I like to, you know, grind... I, I got oh, you doing the first. The spiral yeah, thing. I, I know you were. Yeah. I, I know you were. It's an old style coffee grinder. Right. Come on, come on. I, Joe wants me to butter. get coffee and churn some <laughs> butter here, but I'd rather talk about burning non-boring wow. candles, and that's spiralightcandles.com. Go to their website and look at their selection. Now, you might not be given a St. Patrick's Day gift, but if you're going somewhere for a hostess gift, and you know what, everybody, candles are very popular. But some of them are also very boring. If you would like to give a candle that someone will say, wow, that's really neat and memorable, then go to spiralightcandles.com. All new scents for 2022. Check out their website. It's spiralightcandles.com. And go to the bottom. And if you, uh, you, know, if you want to surprise someone, maybe your brother-in-law, maybe father-in-law, brother, whatever the case may be, the Cylinder Index, candor, uh, cylinder index Candle is featured at spiralightcandles.com, but you need to go all the way to the bottom, click on the Garage Logic icon, and that thing smells like the garage. Now, you might not be burning that thing at the kitchen table, but you can burn it in the garage, and it'll smell fantastic. The Cylinder Index Candle featured at spiralightcandles.com. Check them out. They are a garage logic company. They are a Minnesota company, and they are a family business, and I hope that you will support them. Stop burning burning candles. Check out spiralightcandles.com. Hey, you're listening to Garage Logic right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. So after you get done churning that butter, you should get in touch with us. I could be talking about your business right now. Joe could be talking about your business right now. Yes, Mr. Mayor. Well, I was going to weigh in when you get to the part I want to weigh in on. We're telling the thousands of loyal Tens of thousands. About you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with the Garage Logic podcast. Just visit garagelogic.com now and enter the keyword partner. Just fill out the form and we'll get you in touch and we'll get in touch with you quickly. And then once all of the dummies on the show start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many dealers start showing up. Visit garagelogic.com and enter the keyword partner. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. I want to uh, go through some emails here, if I may. Sure. Let's do it. Run them. I was terribly impressed with a letter that a guy named Ken Martin wrote last week. Yes, you were. And uh, I have a follow-up from Mike who writes, The letter read on Friday can be best summed up in the following thought from the brilliant economist Adam Smith. Adam Smith once wrote that there's a great deal of ruin in a nation by which he meant that it takes an awful lot of bungling by political leaders to bring down a powerful and prosperous state. 
that succinctly sums up Mr. Martin's thoughts, I believe. I think it does, too. We're seeing an awful lot of bungling, aren't we? Yes. And it takes an awful lot of bungling to uh, bring down a powerful and prosperous state. But how powerful and prosperous are we right now? Well, they've been pulling it back layer by layer by layer, a slow burn, and now pot's getting empty. Tim writes, Ukrainian hackers were able... This is this is amazing. What is the Ukraine? Uh, Ukrainian hackers were able to shut down all of the electric vehicle charging stations along Russia's M11 highway, which stretches from Moscow to St. Petersburg. A Russian company had outsourced production of the chargers to a, to a Ukrainian parts supplier called Auto Enterprise. Someone within Auto Enterprise, Auto Enterprise, or their allies were able to perform the ingenious hack. The chargers now simply show an error message reading, call service, no plugs available. Then three additional messages are shown in Russian. Glory to Ukraine, glory to the heroes. Putin is a Richard head. <laughs> Love the creativity. Uh, you can go to www.vice.com and verify that story. I, I uh, uh, Tim has been emailing for years. I don't need to verify it. I'm sure it's true, and good for them. Uh, Marine writes, "What's this one? Oh yeah, uh, Marine writes. Listening to you and the crew the other day talking about return wallets, I was reminded of my late father and the time he found my stolen purse. It had been taken from my unlocked car at work." This was many years ago when you could do that without the expectation of nefarious behavior. It was my first reality check. I did everything one needs to do. I canceled credit cards, got a new driver's license. About a month later, my dad paid a visit. We chatted for a while, and then he said he'd be right back. uh, On that visit, uh, she must have told her dad that someone stole her purse. Uh, my dad said he'd be right back. He returned about 20 minutes later with my purse. Cash gone, but everything else was there. I was astonished. Where in the world did you find it, I asked. He grinned. Well, I figured whoever took it probably wanted to buy cigarettes or something from the 7-Eleven across the street from your office. Figured whoever took it wanted to get rid of the purse quick and might have just tossed it up on the roof. I asked the manager, manager if I could go up and check the roof, and there it was. Not the first time my dad demonstrated his ability to know everything. Whoa. Oh, 100 bucks says he's the one that stole it. Give me yeah. a point. Probably. <laughs> you want to look on. like a hero. What a Debbie Downer. <clears throat> Come on. Then she goes on to say how he, uh, she was putting heat in her car battery instead of water, but he straightened that out. <laughs> uh, Chris writes, uh, it has been a heavy couple of weeks on the podcast, but here's a little pushback from a far distance away from the country's tallest buildings. Last week at the monthly board meeting of a neighboring town in Wisconsin, where towns, not townships, I noticed an agenda item listed as renaming of Lynch Bridge Road. When that particular agenda item was reached, the chairman addressed the audience with a bit of history on the item. A senior member of the Wisconsin DNR via a subordinate reached out to him on the road name and said they found it offensive. When asked who would pay for the changes to the signs, not only street signs, but also fire signs, plus everyone who lived on that road would have had to change their address information with mortgage companies, banks, utilities, etc. This person, of course, did not have the answer. After one of the town supervisors did a wee bit of research, they discovered in 1915 a man by the name of Michael Lynch lived and owned the property of the area. Case solved. No action was taken by the board. Boom. 
That happened in Oregon where they renamed two schools yes. called Lynch, only to discover it was, it was a, a farmer. farmer named Lynch who donated the land to build the schools. Yep. But the, that was offensive to people. <laughs> yes? Uh, never mind. Only because they come to us. <laughs> Not even worth it, Kenny. <laughs> well, I, I did, am I a rube for, uh, until all this came about a few years ago, I, I always associated lynching with cowboys. You, it's a it's a running theme in all cowboy movies. Well, all the lib, uh, progressivism and mysterians, <clears throat> they turn the world dark. I can honestly say to you, my hand on a Bible, uh, it never would have occurred to me to be offended by the lynch road. Yeah, not, no never, no, right, no scene right. of a lynching would have occurred to right. me. But that's because you're a white guy. No, it's just because I, 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 I hate to be alerted by the left to how offended I'm supposed to be yeah, all correct. the time. Yes. The only lynching I knew of, well, of course, I'm from the north, so I wouldn't be aware of the south stuff, but was Duluth. up in Duluth. Yeah. And then they like to call the lynching that happened in Mankato a lynching, but it was a hanging. Mm-hmm. And well, it, it was, um, the Lincoln was involved with that. And he reduced the number of guilty from hundreds down to, what, around 30 or yep. so, yeah, right? I think 35 or something. Something like that. Only because they come to us all the way from Marloth Park <clears throat> in Mpumalanga, South Africa, from the traveling Lymans. And Mr. Lyman is terribly upset that the Vikings re-upped Kirk Cousins' join, contract. Join the club. On this day in 1841, William Dunwoody was born in Pennsylvania. After moving to Minneapolis in 1869, he would find his fortune in grain and the flour business. By the time of his death in 1914, he would contribute millions of dollars to a number of civic organizations, including the Dunwoody Industrial Institute, the Minneapolis Society of Fine Arts, and the YMCA. Hmm. Very civic-minded fellow. I bet, mm-hmm. yes. On this day. Pi Day. In 1919, Max Schulman was born in St. Paul. An author and Hollywood screenwriter, he is best remembered for creating the character who, anyone, anyone? Uh-huh. Dobie Gillis, who appeared in short stories, novels, and television shows, all based on the family that owned Gillis's Grocery in Minneapolis. Huh. And I on this day. Know. I did not know that. 314. And on this day. March 4th, 14th. Who, uh, what? Hall of Fame baseball player was born on this day okay. in 1960. 1960. This Roger Maris? Uh-huh. No, Rod- Roger, Roger Maris, Maris would have been in the major been, leagues by playing. then. Yeah. So we're talking somebody. This like, was uh, uh, a twin. Uh, oh, Kirby Puckett. Kirby, Kirby. Puckett. Yeah. Was born in Chicago on this day in 1960. Man. What was it? The Townsend Projects? Where do you live? Thompson Projects? Uh, some kind of projects. Yes. You know, and when he was successful, he said, "I'm not even going back there." Right, that's a tough place. Yeah. Um, Thank you, Jesus. You, you didn't recognize, by the way. It's Happy Pi Day. What's uh, What's Pi Day? Three one four. Three one four. It's the math thing. Oh yeah. Speaking of math, fuel four dollars like and fifteen cents a gallon, right? Yeah. Fuel tank hundred and forty bucks to fill the tank. Okay. Yeah. Drive off from gas station without paying. Court date six weeks later and an $80 fine. Savings, $60. Well, you're still a thief. I don't uh, I don't recommend anybody doing that. I just saw that on Facebook earlier. My favorite, though, is the guy who... Uh, dang it, you beat me to it. The Bob? guy who went in and paid and then drove off without putting the fuel in his car. You don't have to find oh, it. Oh, no, no, we need it. That the was reverse, you, wasn't it? Reverse drive-off? Reverse drive-off. Reverse drive-off. 
I had to get my lotto. Hold on. Remember that? Hold on. Here we go. Would you uh, uh, tell me why we need to talk to Bobby? I put him on hold. It Pretty was good, a, huh, uh, it was a uh, drive-off story in uh, oh, Bobby? Frederick, Wisconsin. Yeah. Bobby, go ahead, please. Hey, Joel. Hi. Hey, I was the first ever uh, drive-off in Frederick, Wisconsin here pretty recently. You you uh, you drove off without paying? Uh, well, let's put it this way. I stop in there frequently and uh, get my supplies and my lotto and pay for my gas, and then I usually go out and pump my gas and I leave. Uh-huh. Well, I, I did what I thought I normally do, and... I went back the next day, and there stood the manager with some money in his hand and told me uh, the first drive-off that prepaid his gas and didn't pump it. It's a reverse drive-off. Great story. (laughs) Yeah. I I think I should get a ray of hope, and then I'm going to go back to fishing here. I'm out on Bowen Lake over here by Left Council. I'm going to give you that right here. You hang on the line. Here it comes. Fishing. I I can't find it. Just a minute. I'm going to get it, though, pal, because if anybody deserves it, it's you. Here's today's ray of hope. Thank you. All right, thank you. Oh, the reverse drive-off. Yes. You know, if you go to a Pod MN on your smartphone, you're going to find all sorts of fantastic podcasts that may contain funny stuff like that. Garage Logic is full of them. Krabby Coffee Shop. All they're all over. The um, Weekly Scramble. Weekly Scramble. I always forget that new name. I just want to call it the other the beer, beer show. show. Yeah, we do uh, too. Check them out at PodMN.com on your smartphone. Then more clips. Yeah, you go to YouTube and you subscribe to the Garage Logic page. Super easy to do. And then you can poke around and find out all of the clips that you would like to take in because they are plentiful. That's on the YouTube page. Sign up the Garage Logic YouTube page and give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And whatever else is brand new, because I'm sure we're we're up and coming with those. Have a great Monday. Pie Day. Cha? Monday Cha? Monday Cha.